Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hello fellow podcasters, it's me Jacob again and today we're going to be talking about some observations I've currently made in the market at least today in my honest opinion. Now before we get started on today's podcast, I have to remind you that I am not a financial advisor in any way shape or form. Everything that I express on this podcast is my opinion and you need to be able to talk to your own financial advisor about your own financial situation. This whole podcast is for entertainment purposes only and it's for your enjoyment to listen to as well and be able to get to your own conclusions on what you should do. But like I said, please talk to a financial advisor about your financial situation as I cannot legally give you financial advice in any way, shape or form. We're going to start today by talking about gold, actually. <clears throat> According to the Financial Times, um, gold retreats after reaching highest level in a month. U.S. stocks and government bonds also fluctuate as traders remain cautious on the global economic outlook. The article goes on to say, U.S. stocks, government bonds, and gold prices seesawed Monday as investors grappled with worries over a weakening global economy and looked ahead to a busy week of corporate earnings and speeches from central bankers. The U.S. blue chip S&P 500 share index swung from gains to losses in thin trading before ending the day almost exactly where it had closed after the previous session. The tech-heavy Nasdaq composite closed at 0.1% lower. Trading volumes and stocks in the S&P 500 were at 20% below recent averages, according to Bloomberg data. Gold, which typically advances during periods of uncertainty, rose as much as 1.2% to $1,998 a troy ounce, reaching its highest level in more than a month before falling back down to $1,977, a 0.1% increase. Okay. Gold is what a lot of investors tend to turn to, obviously, when there's uncertainty in the air. The only problem I currently have with gold is if things are as bad as people keep thinking they're going to be, gold, I mean, it's valuable now because people are willing to trade for it. But what's going to happen if, I don't know, things really get even worse? Like, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if, let's say a country were to collapse, right? I mean, I once spoke to a guy who once told me that when he spoke to his grand, his, either his grandfather or his father-in-law after World War II, he said gold was worthless after World War II and that the most valuable items were like cereal. Because for example, with cereal, you could eat what was inside the box. And then afterwards, if you were desperate enough and hungry enough, you could actually eat the box itself. So I find it extremely interesting that gold is kind of being looked at right now. I mean, you would also think too that maybe crypto would be looked at as well, but none of those articles really caught my attention when looking. The article goes on more to say that a broad MSCI index of equity markets in the Asian Pacific region dropped a 1.1%, its second consecutive day of declines. Big European markets were closed for Easter Monday holiday, which is reasonable. 
Government bonds also struggled for direction with the 10-year treasury eventually gaining 0.03% points to a 2.86%. Yields move inversely to price. The cautious start of the trading week followed China release of a flurry of economic data. Gross domestic product rose 4.8% in the first three months of 2022, compared with the same period in 2021, exceeding market expectations. But economic activity data for March revealed how Beijing's zero COVID policy, including the lockdown of Shanghai, has eroded the growth outlook of the world's second biggest economy. Retail sales declined 3.5% in March from the same month in 2021, the first year-on-year fall since July of 2020. The annual rate of increase in industrial production slowed, and indicators track China's struggling property market further deteriorated. It goes on to show the chart, actually, if you were to read the article. And the article continues, while the March data shows notable slow and growth momentum, while the escalation in zero COVID policy and broadening disruption on economic activity, the drag on economic activity will likely be larger in April compared to March, JP Morgan analysis says. I have a hard time believing it's going to be that big of a deal, to be honest. I mean, the article, like we just read, said that Shanghai is having issues. And... I don't think all of China is going to shut down for one major city. Now, obviously, the Shanghai Exchange, I believe, is, I think it's in Shanghai, if I'm not mistaken. But at the same token, I just don't see that being a huge issue with China. Uh, JP Morgan goes on to say, the quote later on from JP Morgan, the article says, JP Morgan reduced its forecast for China's GDP growth in 2020 from 4.9% to 4.6%. Barclays also trimmed its estimated for 2022 growth from 4.5% to 4.3%. The latest bout of concerns over China added investors' uneasiness over global central banks' plans to tighten monetary policy and attempt to rein in raging inflation. Indeed, U.S. natural natural gas prices rallied 10% to $8.03 per metric million British thermal unit on Monday, the highest level since 2008. Okay, it goes on later on to explain that U.S. investors are going to look at um, Jay Powell later on this week on the Federal Reserve when he speaks to them. And I have to say personally, I mean, I believe the article goes into details about how they're going to be looking to see how Jay Powell is going to take care of things. But I mean, yesterday, Bank of America had a decent report, if I'm not mistaken, and Wall Street didn't really like the day in general okay so fears might be blowing up and i think a lot of people are just rushing to gold right now due to the fact that they think that gold is a safe haven right now but like i had mentioned earlier if things really get bad gold in my opinion is gonna be pretty much worthless i mean it's a good safe haven because it's pretty much supply and demand or pretty much is someone willing to pay more for the asset that is needed but at the end of the day, it just seems like Wall Street might be freaking out over absolutely nothing on the gold thing currently. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of talking about it, but it's still something to look at. But this does worry me a little bit. And actually, we talked about it just a few seconds ago and has to do with oil. Oil rises over 1% as Libya outages add to Russia's supply fears. Okay, From Metro, the news article or rudders in this case, oil prices more rose more than 1% on Monday when Brent crude topping 114 a barrel. Oh my gosh, that is insane. 
as outages in Libya deepen concern over tightened global supply amid the Ukraine crisis. Adding to the supply pressures from sanctions on Russia, Libya's National Oil Corp. on Monday said a painful wave of closures have begun hitting its facilities and declared force um, at some of their oil sites. With global supplies now so tight, even the most minor disruption is likely to have an outsized impact on prices, said Jeffrey Haley, analyst at Brokerage Oanda. Brute crude, the global benchmark, rose to rose $1.46 or 1.3% to settle at $113.16 a barrel. The contract rose to $114.84 a barrel, its highest since March of two, March of March of March 28th, pretty much. U.S. West Texas Instrument rose $1.26 or 1.2% to settle at $108.21 a barrel. The benchmark hit $109.81 a barrel, also the highest since March 28th. This is not getting fun with oil right now. I mean, obviously, if you're invested in oil, you're probably having a huge heyday right now. Um, I remember, I think when the COVID lockdowns first started, I remember thinking, man, oil is pretty low and I did buy a lot of oil stocks, but I just remember thinking when things get back to normal, it's going to be insane for oil. And it's been a pretty decent bet so far. But right now, I can almost guarantee you a lot of people are probably going to start feeling more pain potentially at the pump. I mean, oil prices keep going up. These barrels per price goes up. I wouldn't personally be surprised if it keeps going up even more. And the reason I say that is here. In the article, it goes on to say, deeper supply losses loom. Russia production declined by 7.5% in the first half of April from March. I don't firmly believe that 100%, but I mean, that's what they're reporting. Interfax reported on Friday that the EU government said last week the bloc's executive was drafting a proposal to ban Russian crude. Now, that's where oil is probably going to keep rising, as if this EU thing actually does happen with Russia because of what they're doing in the Ukraine, because it goes on to say, those comments made before an escalation in the Ukraine war. Ukrainian authorities said missile strikes uh, Lviv earlier on Monday and explosion rockets other cities as Russian forces kept uh, bombardments after claiming near full control of the port of Maripol. In a bearish signal for prices, and this is where we just read about China, in a bearish signal for prices, China's economic slowed in March, taking the shine off first quarter growth numbers and worsening an outlook already weakened by COVID-19 curbs. Data on Monday also showed China refined 2% less oil in March than a year earlier, with throughput falling on the lowest since October as the surge in crude prices squeezed margins and the tight lockdowns reduced demand. I don't believe that one bit. I think China still has a huge demand for oil, even with the lockdowns happening. I just have a hard, hard time believing that. I mean... China has, what, a billion people there? Their demand for oil is not going to stop anytime soon. And so the fact that you have Wall Street freaking out because China's apparently on lockdown, that's that's a hard thing for me to wrap my brain around. I just have a hard time believing that right now. Article continues and says, Oil surges the highest since 2008 in March, with Brent briefing topping at $134. There is still some confusion about whether they're reopening their economy, so we're getting mixed signals out of China, and that the president 
a lot of volatility this morning. Price Futures Group analysis, Phil Flynn said. I have a hard time believing that. I mean, let's look at history, for example, with oil, okay? One of the biggest things that drove World War II to happen, at least for the United States, was the fact that we put an oil embargo on Japan, okay? Obviously, Russia's invading Ukraine right now, which is not the best situation for oil, but there's still going to be a demand for oil in some way, shape, or form. It just doesn't make sense that all of a sudden China is going to be saying, no, we don't have a demand for oil. I have a hard time believing that in general. And I also know right now in the United States, there's still a huge demand for oil. I mean, right now, people are wanting to travel a lot. In fact, you if you talk to people, they're somewhat planning trips right now since they lost 2020. And so there's only going to be more demand for oil right now. So I personally think we're probably going to see Brent potentially get close to $134 again soon. It would not surprise me at all due to the fact that there's a war going on in Europe. There's probably a lot of demand in China. I mean, if they're not refining as much, that's a different story. But China's still going to have a demand for oil since they are almost one of the world leaders when it comes to the economic side of things right now. I have a hard time believing that the United States is not going to have a huge demand for oil. Pretty much just the world in general. I mean, we're going to start potentially feeling it even more at the pumps. Now, whether people admit it or not, that's a whole other story. And just get ready, guys, potentially. I, I just think things are going to get extremely difficult for a lot of people soon. Especially when you have to factor in that oil prices are going up, which means the pump prices are potentially going to be going up as well. So it's something to keep an eye out for because I think Wall Street's overreacting on the demand of how much oil is going to be needed right now. And I just don't think they realize what's coming. So yeah, oil, I, I have a hard time believing that this is a huge issue right now. Now, on some interesting news from a press release from the SEC, okay, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, U.S., I mean, not U.S., SEC uncovers 194 million penny stock schemes that span three continents, okay? 16 defendants charge in international pump and dump plots from Washington, D.C., the, exterior, the, the Securities and Exchange Commission today announced charges against 16 defendants located in the Bahamas, the British Virgin Isles, Bulgaria, Canada, the Cayman Islands, Monaco, Spain, Turkey, and the United Kingdom for participating in multi-year fraudulent penny stock schemes that generated more than $194 million in illicit proceeds. The SEC, SEC investigation leading to these charges involved assistance from security regulators and other law enforcement authorities in more than 20 countries and are associated in part with um, parallel criminal actions announced by the United States Attorney Office for the Southern District of New York. We, al we allege that the defendants in these actions orchestrated some of the most complex microcap stock fraud schemes over, um, ever charged by the SEC Director, um, the director of the SEC Division 
um, enforcement goes on to say, by locating these operations overseas using encrypted messaging and operating through a convoluted network of on offshore accounts, the defendants hope to avoid detection of massive frauds. We allege these uh, perpetrated on U.S. market markets investors. However, investigative teams from three SEC offices dodgingly kept off their trail, working across uh, borders, and ended this alleged global scheme. I'm curious to know who was affected by this, and at the same token, who's involved with this. This is something I think we should keep an eye out for because, I mean, there's schemes that happen every single day, but this is something that probably won't get talked about a lot on the news if we think about it. I mean, it's dealing with a penny stock. I mean, if this had happened with like, let's say a bigger company like a Microsoft or a Tesla or even Apple, it'd be headline news immediately, but it, it has to do with penny stocks. So I don't know how big this news is going to be in general. It goes on to say the SEC complaints uh, filed in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York charged all the defendants with violating the anti-fraud and registration provisions of the federal securities laws. The charges contained in three separate complaints um, alleged that several defendants played a variety of roles to accumulate the majority of shares in penny stocks via difficult to unveil offshore nominee companies. It is also alleged that some of the defendants frequently use encrypted text and phone applications to avoid detection by regulators and arrange to buy and sell penny stocks from multiple offshore accounts in furtherance of the fraud. According to the complaints, uh, once some of the defendants had amassed a significant majority of the shares of the stocks, certain defendants security funded promotional campaigns to promote the stocks to unexpected investors in the United States and elsewhere. As alleged, when those co uh, campaigns triggered increase in the demand for the price of the stocks, some of the defendants sold the stocks via trading platforms in Asia, Europe, and the Caribbean for significant profits. The SEC is seeking permanent injunctions, uh, disgorgement of alleged, allegedly ill-gotten gains plus interest and civil penalties against all the defendants. Penny stocks bars against all the individual defendants conducted based injunction against 11 of the 15 individual defendants and officer and director bars against eight of the individual defendants. On the emergency application, the court issued ordered on April 12th and April 15th freezing directing um, reparations of the assets of the six defendants. Then it goes on to read more about who's the one who figured out this case and everything. Like I said, I don't know how big this news is going to be. I mean, it's still extremely interesting to be able to know that some stuff like this still happens in every day. But at the same time, it makes you wonder just how safe penny stocks can be in general. I mean, sometimes penny stocks, I mean, companies for the most part, do start off being pennies, okay? That's just the nature of investing in general. But it's also just interesting to think about that this happened on this many countries. So why won't this be talked about more is just the, just the thought right now process. It's, it's an interesting thought to think about that this has happened. And just curious to know how much is going to be talked about in the news. So that's why I found it interesting to be able to talk about it here on this podcast today is. Yeah. 
I just, like I said, just found it interesting. But that being said, guys, um, thank you for today for listening to today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's uh, discussion that we talked about. Gold is on the rise. Oil prices are potentially going to get higher. SEC Securities Exchange are busting penny stocks, companies for fraud. I mean, what more can you want to listen to today? I mean, but thanks for listening today, guys. Like I said, if you've enjoyed this podcast, I ask that you please subscribe and that you share it with your friends and family as they might find it interesting as well to be able to hear news that uh, Wall Street won't be always be talking about. That being said, guys, thank you for listening today. Thank you. Enjoy your day. Goodbye.